Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite Madman podcast, Made Man. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to talk about episode seven of the first season, Red in the Face. I just finished it, just finished it a few minutes ago, and uh, grabbed my phone, ran outside. I don't know if you can hear the... uh, all the crickets going off in the air, but it's a, it's a cool September night. And um, come on, buddy. My dog's at the door, so I'm going to go out with them. Come on, let's go together. You go to the bathroom. I'll talk about Mad Men. So anyway, episode seven, Red in the Face. This episode uh, had a lot to do with Roger. Roger Sterling was um, a big part of this episode. And you kind of, you didn't like him all that much. You weren't really a huge fan. My dog is really just walking away. I I need to follow him. Um, You saw some flaws. You saw some flaws. I mean, obviously you saw some flaws in an older episode because he cheats on his wife with uh, Joe and the secretary. But you saw more flaws in him tonight. Um, The whole episode kind of revolved around Roger this time around. His wife and his kid are out of town. Uh, his girlfriend is going out of town with her friend. So Roger is alone. And you can kind of tell that Roger does not like to be alone. So he, uh, Don invites him to dinner. He At first he's like, I don't know, but then he accepts. And uh, of course they go out for, this is while they're out drinking, for a nightcap after dinner, after work. And... Roger sees some young women, and he likes getting their eye, and he makes some comment about, oh, look at them, before, before turning 30, they still have some life in their eyes, or something like that. So you can see he's just, he's kind of, uh, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say he's a broken man, but he's, you can see he's disenchanted, I would think, with his family, his wife and his kids, which is why, you know, he obviously cheats on her in the first place. So Don ends up inviting them back to the house, uh, this wasn't part of the plan, so Betty doesn't have anything for, ha- for him to eat. But you see he's eating a nice steak, Don is eating a nice steak, and Betty's eating a salad. So the three of them are talking, but of course Betty gives up her dinner just so that Roger can have dinner. And I mean, they talk, and they drink, and they smoke, and they drink, and they smoke, and they drink, and they smoke. And they just keep doing this. There's no such thing as drunk driving. I mean, literally, no one cares. There's no designated driver. No one thinks about these things. And uh, Don's going to go get more booze. And Roger goes up and he kind of puts the moves on Betty. He gets a little too close to her while she's doing the dishes. He brushes up, kind of uh, holds her, gets really close in his face, very creepy, and says, I'll be thinking about you tonight. Uh, Don... Doesn't really see it, but he can kind of tell when he walks in that everyone's a little awkward. Um, He obviously sends, uh, this is at this point, Roger's like, I'm going to go home. And it was kind of funny because he's heading out to the car. He's like, no, no, that's my car over there. They don't show this. We just see Don. uh, You know, like, oh, that's your car. Be careful. Turn your lights on. Uh, That's kind of their way of saying, hey, just get home safe. That's how you did it. You drank, you drove carefully there was no such thing as quote-unquote drunk driving or at least it wasn't seen as a thing at least in the 60s i'm sure guys died all the time from drunk driving um 
but it wasn't the like I don't want to say the stigma. It wasn't the like known thing. Like you really shouldn't do this, at least back then. That's how it seemed. Uh, and you could, you, Don was actually uh, pissed. He talked about it like, "What the hell was that?" He grabbed her by the arm a little forcefully. She's like, "You're gonna have me bounce up against the walls, off the walls like that?" And you could see he um, he doesn't hit her or anything like that, but he was a little too forceful. Uh, for my liking, for, for anyone's liking. Just, um, he felt something was wrong and he blamed her because she laughed at his jokes and talked and was friendly with him during the dinner. He blamed her, which is the, sh- the shitty way of going about things. But um, the next day in the office, Roger comes in, gives him another drink, like, hey, th- this, you know, this makes up for all the booze we drank, basically. And he talks about how he uh, has his name on a building he feels entitled one day he went to a, a, a building went up in tried to get in put his key in the door he couldn't get in uh, and sometimes he just you know uh, tries to go into the wrong building basically he feels like he can do that or sometimes it happens his his way of kind of acknowledging that he did try to put a move on his wife and he apologizes um, but without actually saying anything and Don was like, yeah, okay, sure. But you can see that Don wasn't crazy about it. Didn't like, didn't just accept his apology, no problem. Uh, because he's one of the bosses. You know, I thought, and I guess I'm wrong, I, I thought there was a picture where uh, the older guy said, you're bound, you know, look at you in this photo, like I had you on my knee. He was, he's Cooper, he's Sterling, they're Sterling Cooper. I thought that was his dad, but I guess it's not. It's just an older guy. I don't know. I'm guessing maybe Roger's dad was an, was a Sterling, and that's how Sterling Cooper started, and Roger took over. I don't know all these things yet. I don't think I've missed anything. I wonder if we'll learn more if this guy is. This guy is not uh, Sterling, Roger's dad, but maybe we'll talk about Roger's dad. I don't know. I don't know. But... um I'm bouncing around here, and that's fine. I'm going to try to cover everything. Uh, there was some interesting talk of Roger. Great great acting, by the way. Just kick-ass acting. Talking about his, some experience he had in the war. Uh, Don doesn't really talk much about it. He, You know, they were talking about... Um, it was funny. Roger said, you know, the way you, you, uh, you drop your Gs. I thought maybe you were from the city. From the from the country, like grew up on a farm or something, and Don just quickly changed the subject. He did not. He does not like to talk about his past because, well, technically Don Draper doesn't have a past. We all know that now. Um, God, what else happened? The episode actually opened with uh, Betty's psychiatrist calling Don to give him the update. You know, was the Hippocratic oath not a big thing then? Was there some sort of like the man must know. I, I I don't know if I wonder if this was a thing, or if they're just kind of showing you know like this is a hyper realistic view of things. But it's like the doctor came out and basically said she kind of has the mind of a child or something. I mean it was really disrespectful. Um, and you know like later on you see Betty like gets confronted by the uh, divorcee divorcee in the. Uh, grocery store and then she's like you know i found the hair you cut off what's wrong with you but he slapped her it was uh it was wild to say the least because people noticed and it's like i am 
I remember watching that going, that is some serial killer stuff. Um, and there's more serial killer stuff that comes up. I will get to that. Uh, but that was like weird that it happened in the first place. And now the mother, the divorcee found out about it. She called Betty out on it. And I think Betty was embarrassed or whatever. She got pissed and she slapped her. She later, her, her friend who's pregnant and loves to drink and smoke came over to visit, um, came over and she's like, oh, I brought a shirt for you. She's like, oh, this is not my son's shirt. And really she just came over because she heard that Betty slapped the divorcee, Helen. Uh, and they talked a little and she's like, we, you know, it's all, they blame the, the Helen cause she's a no good divorcee. She probably, she, she has a job. What's she thinking? Having a job, uh, and wearing in with that long hair. What's she thinking with that? It's like so catty, ridiculous. Uh, the girl's like, uh, you know, my, my husband brought home jewelry from her store. I wanted to throw it in his face. She probably loved seeing him in there. It's like, shut up. Nobody, I don't think, not everybody cares as much about these things as you do, as that woman does. I mean, at least that's what I like to think. Helen has enough to do on her own. Uh, God, what else is going on? There's so much going on. Um, a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking. Uh, the, the, I'll get to the, uh, what the kind of topic in the office was uh, this week, but there's also kind of a side story with Pete. Pete got married. Pete brought in this uh, chip and dip to the office. He said, we got two of them, two chip and dips. I'm trying to return one of them because we don't need two. The friends are like, what the hell is this? You know, like, what is this? And he's like, you put chips in it, you put dip in it. Dip? Like, I don't know. They, like, everything's like, what? This is crazy. Chip and dip. Uh, so I don't know if this was a newfangled thing, the chip and dip. But he was adamant. He's like, I have two. Going to return one. Want to get money for it. Um, this was after he went and had a nice uh, dinner at the Four Seasons with his in-laws poolside. So he goes to the store, and they're like, you know, I can't, um, I can't give you cash for this. You can only get credit. He's like, he doesn't have a receipt. He doesn't have a receipt. They have to look up his name, look up her name. He runs into a friend of his that was at the wedding, and he was getting his ragged restrung. And I know the actor from different shows. He was on The Flash. He was on uh, Raising the Bar, a lawyer show with uh, Zach Morris from um, Saved by the Bell. That's the character's name. Not to be confused with the Mars boys who are listening to this. Um, but he's talking to that guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, the racket re-strung. And he, he's flirting a little with the uh, girl behind the counter, and she's all, hee, hee, hee. And I think Pete got jealous that this guy is, I assume, still single and can kind of do whatever he wants. And Pete's there on his lunch returning a chip and dip. He meets a woman in line. She, the husband's in um, advertising. She's like, I don't know your husband. She's like, yeah, probably because you're here doing this kind of stuff. That's why you don't know him. He's off actually working and, and getting stuff done. Uh, so he can't return the chip and dip for cash. He only can get store credit. He buys a 22 rifle. And he thinks he's so cool. He shows it to the guys in the office. Like, look at me. Look at me with my 22 rifle. He goes outside in the office and he's just for fun pointing at people in the office 1960s you know that kind of thing is like you wouldn't even think of that as being 
something real. You just think, look, I have my gun. I'm showing the office. Who cares? Big deal. One of the secretaries comes over and she's like, she takes the gun and she slowly pushes it down. She's like, you have work to do. She takes the gun from him. And, uh, you know, looking at that now in the, in the scary world we live in today, ridiculous. Just thinking of this guy with his 22, not even loaded probably, um, in the office. And that's kind of the where that ends, right? You think, okay, he returned a gift. He got $22 back or whatever it was. He bought a gun for whatever reason. We cut to a shot later in the in the story. And he's sitting in a chair at his house with a gun in his lap. And he's getting yelled at by Trudy, his wife. You don't see her. You just hear her voice. And she's like, that was a gift from so-and-so. How could you do this? This was That's so selfish of you. And he's sitting with a gun in his lap. This look in his eyes of like, I'm being dis, um, demasculated. No, emasculated. I'm being, I feel like I'm being torn down by my wife. I'm a man. I'm being emasculated. And uh, the way she yelled at it, yelled at him, I am guessing that it wasn't a duplicate. It wasn't a copy. Like, he almost felt bad for him. Like, he was returning that thing basically probably because he hated it and he hated the fact that this was his life. I'm starting to think that. I don't think he likes being married to Trudy. I don't think he likes it at all. Um, which is crazy because who wouldn't want to be married to Alison Brie? It's ridiculous. Uh, there's another scene that happens with him and the gun. But to, before I talk about that, I want to go back earlier in the day and... Uh, Peggy is working late and Don's like, you know, don't work too late. I don't want to find you, uh, you know, with your face on the keyboard or something like you don't charge us for dinner. Like, you know, it's really um, just kind of talking down to her. Roger comes over and he's like, uh, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm just working. And he's like, I'll let you have that one, honey. Like, how, why would you ever think I'm talking to you? I'm talking to Donald, uh, which was, you know, just... Roger showing that, you know, as charming as he can be, he can also be a bit of a shit. Uh, but they leave. Pete comes over. Pete's still interested in Peggy. And he comes over and he's like, oh, what are you doing? And I, I'm doing some uh, copy. He's like, I'll be happy to look at it for you sometime. That'd be great. Cut to later on. She comes to his office and she's like, I brought some of the copy. Could you look at it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was, you could see he was still kind of upset about the whole thing. He brought the gun into the office. She's like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's a, it's a wedding gift. Not really, but. Uh, and then he goes into this weird serial killer type discussion of what I would like to do. I have a fantasy of, you know, shooting an animal, hunting. Because you talked about, have you ever been hunting? I went hunting with my uncle. Um and we tie it to the bumper and come home. But I, I have this fantasy of putting it over my shoulder, dragging it out of the woods, bringing it back to my cabin, tying it up, taking a knife. He's like talking about taking the knife, cutting out the, cleaning it, cutting out the loin, bringing it into my woman who's waiting for me, my special gal who's waiting for me in the cabin. She puts it in a pan, she heats it up, then and then she gives it to me and I eat it while she watches. Like it's... It's like the old hunter-gatherer, old this is what a man should be, not being yelled at by, a, by this woman for, because he returned a effing chip and dip. This guy who you know is respected by his wife and probably respected by his father. This is what he 
this is kind of his fantasy. Uh, not eat dinner with her, but she watches him eat because he get, he provided, he hunted, he gathered. And Peggy looks at him and is like, that would be wonderful. So Peggy still has feelings for this dude. She kind of like, she left and she was almost like swooning over Pete. So there's not, she doesn't see Pete as this guy who slept with her, then got married, is a creep. She sees this guy as slept with slept with you, still got married, still I have feelings for you. There's something there. There's something there, obviously. Um, Peggy, uh, you could just see it. She, she had to go grab a ham sandwich and a Danish just to get uh, Pete off her mind. The uh, story of the week as far as in the office was the Nixon campaign, which has been talked about uh, in previous episodes. The Nixon campaign... Uh, this time they're talking about, you know, who's, who could he be running against? Uh, there was talk that maybe LBJ might be making a play if Kennedy doesn't go. And uh, old Cooper, old man Cooper's like, it's going to be Kennedy. It's going to be Kennedy. He doesn't even wear a hat. He's too young. Uh, you know, they really weren't worried about Kennedy while dealing with Nixon. And the one thing Pete said was, this guy's, you know, they're basically, he doesn't need a hat. You know who else doesn't wear a hat? Elvis doesn't wear a hat. And Cooper's like, who let this, this kid in here? Basically, let the grown-ups talk. But what Pete said was absolutely right. That, you know, this guy doesn't wear a hat because he is not the old guard. He's the new guard. You know, Kennedy, just like Elvis was the new guard as far as people were frightened of him. But the, the crowds loved him. The kids loved him. The same thing happened with Kennedy. The youth loved him. And these old farts don't see that. And these old guys are basically put in charge of Nixon campaign. We all know how that went uh, against Kennedy. So it'll be interesting to see what the repercussions are to the office, to the uh, business, is with the fact that obviously if they are the, the men for this job, they will fail. Um, so before this big meeting with the people from Nixon's campaign, Roger and... Don go out for more drinks and they drink and they smoke and they drink and they smoke and then they do the most disgusting thing of all they eat oysters I gotta tell you okay I've never had an oyster but I, it's like come over here give me a little shell all right and I'm gonna blow my nose in it okay now I want you to eat it to me that's what I see when I see an oyster uh I've gone out with people who have eaten oysters and I've watched them eat oysters and I say, that's great. Thank you. But the, you see, they're slurping, they're drinking, they're eating, they're, they're smoking and like more martinis, more martinis. This is not after work. This is lunch. They're like, let's have one more instead of coffee. Uh, you know, they're not going to smell it over their brill cream anyway, these, these Nixon folks. They get back to their building and the elevator is out. They're already late. Uh, he's like, want to go back to lunch? And Roger's like, no. So he, you could see he, he even was like, this is a big deal, the Nixon campaign. He was not leaving this one behind. Um, they'll wait for me. My name's on the billing. They'll wait for me. But uh, we are going to this. And they climb up 21 flights of stairs, I believe. And Don at one point, is, Don does it pretty much fine. He's tired, but he's fine. But at some one point, 
he stops to light up a cigarette and use and smokes on the way up. Why not? He gets up there, he's hacking, he's coughing. I love that they're coughing, and you know they probably are like, oh, we don't know why. Maybe it's them cleaning out the uh, the the cleansing tar that's in their lungs. The beautiful cigarettes are giving them. Um, while Don makes it up in one piece, Roger, he had a little bit of a tougher time. He's a little older. He's huffing and puffing. At one point, he slumps over. He's like, oh, I dropped my, you know, my tie clip. Oh, I found it. And he finally gets up there. And he just looks worse for the wear. He looks right at them. They're like, hello, everybody. How you doing? Boom, throws up. The guys, you know, they're all pros. They're like, oh, no big deal. Oh, that's, you had oysters. Yeah, clearly you had oysters. Um, we'll get you cleaned up, have a water. We'll meet you back in the office. And that was really it. And Don's like, you all right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Don walks away and there's this smirk on Don's face. Uh, and he loved the fact that um, that Roger is older. Roger is weaker. Roger couldn't hold it, and Roger, you know, couldn't keep it together and threw up. And he likes seeing him uncomfortable. I think, I don't know if that's the end of their rivalry or if this is an ongoing thing, but I think that that's um, a little payback for him hitting on his wife. Uh, and now I, I'm out of order with this a little bit, but he comes home for dinner. I think that, that's how the episode ended. But Roger comes home. I mean, Don comes home for dinner, and. Uh, Betty's making a roast. And he's like, a whole roast? You know, it's just me, right? Basically like, you know, oh, were you hoping uh, Roger was going to come again? Because huh? he's not coming. And he just has this dirty look on his face and he walks off. Ooh, I didn't like anybody in this episode. I didn't like Betty for slapping the, the divorcee. The divorcee is the only one I liked, Helen. She's like, what is wrong with you giving my nine-year-old son your hair clippings? That is the most, like, valid argument. We got one guy who has a 22 and wants to and talks about chopping up animals so that a woman could feed him. The woman who's listening to him is like, that sounds great. You got Roger who's hitting on Betty. You got Betty who's slapping divorcees, drinking wine. And you got Don who's grabbing his wife and, and, and disrespecting her and mad at her. Everybody's annoying me except Helen, the divorcee. You know, what I didn't talk about was uh, one thing Betty and the uh, neighbor uh, talked a little bit. And she was like, you know, uh, I feel like, oh, she talked about going to the doctor. What does the psychiatrist say? He's nothing. Just like, tell me more. Tell me more. I felt him. I think he was looking down my shirt. Um, and, you know, it was it was something like, you know, if I. Oh, what she the way she worded it, she was like. You know, I feel like if men are looking at me, I'm doing my part. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm being a good wife. I'm doing it correctly. But this was different. I did, I didn't want Don to know about this. So this is where she, she's feeling a little frisky, and she likes people take paying attention to her. And you know, her mother was always perfect. She's like, you know, don't let them see the the, the brush strokes in your. So her mother was seemingly like treated her like you have to be perfect uh she talked about she was chubby growing up and she you know one summer she brought in the pattern a pattern to home ec to make plus size pajamas but she was already smaller from swim camp you know uh and now she likes guys looking at her and as much as you know 
to the point where this, if a, you, the the thought of the doctor looking at her made her like almost like excited to the point where she did not want to tell Don about it. And uh, the woman's like, I love when guys look at me like that. So that was just, um, you could tell these women are like trapped housewives who will just sit there and wait for their, their husbands to come home. Uh, and that's who Betty is, even though her doctor says you're basically, uh, you have the, 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 the childlike. And I think Don took that to heart. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And he's, he was disrespecting her. I mean, look, I almost want to say that, you know, like, gee, how much action happened in this episode? But I just, I've been talking for almost 25 minutes, just nonstop. No notes in front of me. I'm sitting on the back porch. It's grasshoppers, you know, cackling in the, in the wind. And uh, I think I covered just about everything in this episode. Uh, you know, Pete, disenchanted. Roger, disenchanted. Ro uh, Don, you know, I don't know. Everyone is disenchanted and everyone is depressed and everyone uh, is covering everything with buying guns, smoking, or martinis. And I got to tell you, sometimes you can like, you know, because my parents smoked growing up, so I have that sense of what it smelled like. Uh, or just when you, when I was a kid growing up, the smoking in restaurants, you just had that thing, you know, um, or if you're in a bar and you could just kind of smell it. There's so much smoke going on in, in these meetings and these, and these restaurants. And it's just like, you can almost taste it. And it's kind of a gross taste, but it's also a nostalgic taste. I don't know. It's something, um, just that I find, I want to say visceral or real. I don't know, but it's, it's. It's like, man, I want a cigarette and I want a martini right now and I don't really drink that much and I don't smoke. But that's what this show does to me. I, I bring it up at work sometimes. It's like, you know, I, I, can I start smoking in the office? I, I just want to smoke and I, I, I was going to walk in and sit on a desk in the, in the office and be like, all right, what's, what's going on here? You know, just like being a complete asshole. I want to start wearing three-piece suits to work. Um, and I'm 10 years behind everyone else. Everyone else was doing this in 2007, 2008. This episode came out 11 years ago. And I'm finally catching up. I'm finally understanding what it means to be a Mad Men fan. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I've rambled on long enough. So let me just give you the kind of the once-over, if you're a first-time listener and you want to go back and listen to my old episodes. Now, this podcast is available on iTunes. It's available on Stitcher. It's available on TuneIn, Google Play Music, and now it's available on Anchor. Now, what's Anchor? Anchor is a website podcast service that basically does your podcast for you. you. I could be recording right through the Anchor app right now. I'm not. I do it a little differently. I upload my audio to Anchor. And they take care of the rest. They host my podcast. They, uh, they allow me to kind of create the feed. And I took everything. So everybody who subscribed to the podcast already... This should be seamless. You shouldn't notice anything. But going forward, you're technically downloading your podcast from a new place. You just don't know it. It doesn't matter. But for me, it looked like a, a cool, uh, easy, more user-friendly. I like to see the stats. Uh, and free. That's the most exciting thing of all. It's free. So you can find me there at anchor.fm slash made man. If you have the Anchor podcast uh, app, you can listen to me directly through there, or you can subscribe through whatever podcast app you want. But I wanted to bring up Anchor because this is the first episode I've done since switching everything over to Anchor. Now, just because everything's over at Anchor, really, it doesn't matter before because you didn't know where things were hosted last time. 
My website's still fansnotexperts.com. The official website is fansnotexperts.com slash made man. The Twitter account is still at made man pod. The Facebook is still fans, not experts. All that still exists. It's just a new place where I put all my audio and you can find it. And that's how you're listening to this right now. I'm rambling. It is now very late. The, the crickets are like, I think they're organizing and they're about to attack. I need to go to bed. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Tell a friend, make a new friend and tell him or her, make an enemy. In fact, roll down your window right now. I'm, I'm, and I said, roll down. I didn't say open your window. I said, roll down your window because I'm still in the sixties and you have an automatic crank to roll down your window. Turn up your radio. And when, uh, a guy comes over, you know, like to, um, I don't know, sell you oranges or spray paint. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. Just tell him about the podcast you listen to. He's like, Hey man, what do you listen to? I'm listening to made man. And they'll be like, what's that? And then, oh, shit, I'm rambling. I don't care. I'm going to bed. I just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for following me as I make this journey to become the made man or a made man. I don't know. Good night. Fans not experts.